0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Wide Men Can't Jump. It's your weekly basketball hits here. More ways than one you'll see tonight when it comes to hits. I'm Nate. Joining me, as always, the man, the myth, the crankiest Canadian, Tim Dombro.
2: Good evening, Nate Bush. I am not cranky. I am just opinionated. And cranky. I Either way. Free, I'm a free thinker, Nate Bush. A free thinker. Well, let's let's try the intro. Want we'll to see if it works? Let's give her a go, Nate. Hey!
1: Whoa. If You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, as well as at Stay Classy meats at stayclassymeets.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WidemenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at WideJump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this wide men radio network here's wide men can't jump that's right it's wide men can't jump we're here intro out of the way welcome everyone to the show please come inside have a seat and uh since you're here tim what do you say we kick this off with one of our favorite segments let's kick it off with the top 10
2: all righty let's go
1: special, be sure to listen. The Wide Men Can't Jump Primetime Players make two appearances in this week's top ten. Well, so, they,
2: get uh, the big, they get the big bucks, mate. They're
1: everywhere. Here we go. This edition of the Wide Men Can't Jump Top Ten is brought to you by Pete's Poutine Palace in downtown Toronto. Come in and check it out and have the best poutine in the providence of Ontario. Pete's Poutine Palace.
2: Sit down, you hoser. It's the top ten brought to you by the wide men can't jump prime time players. Tonight's top ten comes to us from the home office in Crotch Lake, Ontario. And of course, after last night's game, tonight the top ten things that keep the Houston Rockets up at night. At number ten, <laughs> if you can be overwhelmed or underwhelmed, can you simply be whelmed? At number nine, Why isn't the number 11 pronounced one day one at number eight? What do people in China call their good plates? At number seven how important Ah, ah. does a person have to be before they are assassinated instead of just murdered? At number six if you mate a bulldog in a Shih Tzu is it called a bullshit (laughs) at number five? Why don't you hear any father-in-law jokes? At number four how do people get discombobulated? Is anyone ever just... ...combobulated? <laughs> at number three... Why does mineral water that has trickled through mountains for centuries... ...have a best-before date? <laughs> at number two... If corn oil is made from corn... ...and vegetable oil is made from vegetables... ...what's baby oil made from? No oh, man. And the number one question that keeps... ...the Houston Rockets brass up at night... If you throw a cat out of a car window, does it become kitty litter? All
1: right, all right, enough, enough. Gee, how much air time do they need?
2: Damn! You better talk to Shackleford.
1: <laughs> you are getting more airtime than us. <laughs>
2: They're,
1: They're pretty like good, blowing though. their little horns. Sit down. Yeah. All right. Good, got they are. They are. They're yeah. quite good. Yes, yeah, quite good. I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. We got a call. Let's go ahead because uh, he's probably got some things to say. Lou, welcome
3: aboard.
4: Lou. Hey, Lou. Sweet Lou. I don't back. agree with that one. If it's if it's a uh... Well, you, I guess they do call it that, so uh, I guess there's a point to that. <laughs> Anywho. True. Sure. Oh, well, sure. Lou, well, uh, we, got, we got a new loser in the world of basketball. The Knicks are no longer the worst team.
1: <laughs> How does that make you feel, Lou?
4: Well, I guess that's a bit of a moral victory now that we're on the ones that suck the most. But let me ask you, um, do you think it's kind of surprising that um, that we do have the uh, worst team in the league, and uh, which I think you might think is quite surprising?
1: I was actually surprised that them so far being considered the worst team in the league, uh, the Knicks. I thought they would be a little better this year than what
4: they had been.
1: Yes, but um, now we have a new loser. Well, yeah, Golden State Warriors.
2: Exactly. I mean yeah, the, bond by
4: the, bond, them being the worst back.
2: team in for sure. But that that's only because they've only they've played one less game.
4: No, but think figure this mi- you, you you made you made the finals five straight years. You won three championships and all of a sudden you have just collapsed. Now you're the worst team in basketball. I mean, did anybody expect that this year? I mean, I didn't see that
1: coming. no nobody expected it, but I'll say this. No. If you're not going to be the best Really, the odds say it's uh, – if you're not the best, then being the worst is actually the way to go because let's just play hypotheticals here. Let's say the Warriors are the worst team in basketball this year. And, they, and then and let's they say the, the ping pong balls and they win, go their way. And they
2: win the, and they win the lottery, yeah. Exactly. And then then got a Steph Curry next comes year. back.
1: Yeah, Steph Curry comes back. Clay Thompson comes back. They add a number yeah. one pick. D'Angelo Russell's still there. Draymond's still there. You don't want to talk about issues, my friend. There's going to be some issues. If Golden State oh, yeah. gets that number one pick,
2: I imagine they'd also have a rather large chip on their shoulder after taking such beatings this year. Yeah.
4: So you think just a one, uh, you know, a one season disaster, or is it going to take yeah, some more time I mean, to get back up?
1: No, nah, they'll be back next year. Uh, just so many injuries. Ooh. I mean, yeah, they lost KD. I don't think they're going to be the best team in. The, we're going to be the best team in the league this year. Uh, with KD leaving, but I think and then of course losing Iguodala, losing uh, Sean Livingston, that doesn't hurt or help either um, uh, so I think they they were going to be a team that was going to be competitive but not going to compete for a title if that makes sense um, then Steph Curry, up. Clay Thompson all getting hurt, Draymond's been out, all those guys getting hurt at the same time, now it's, it's full on let's see where they end up in the lottery and then we'll see I where know. they can go from there
4: I mean, this is the basketball team with a mass unit,
2: yeah, basically it is. <laughs> it
5: is it really
2: is that would be their only, the only thing that might change for them too, is if for some reason, um, let's say Steph Curry's injury doesn't uh, heal properly or is a reoccurring mm. issue, then maybe they got some problems. Well, but there is talk that
1: Curry is is trying he wants to come back and play towards the end of the year. Uh come springtime. He's he's uh, he's coming back. And for me, I think if I'm Curry, I'm setting this one. I'm gonna take my time, yeah, rest, recover. You're not going anywhere, you're not proving anything. Boy, I don't Just, to,
2: it Just, won't matter what uh, Steph Curry has to say about it. Our ownership might step in there and go, No way. Yeah, let me shut him down. Either. I
4: wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. put him in either. I wouldn't do it. I
1: wouldn't. Not the no. safest uh, not the safest bet there
4: or the for smart- Steph
1: Curry. No. Yeah. Um, the only reason I could see him possibly wanting to play is to get himself in a little bit of game shape for uh, Olympic season, because we, we do know that he had said he was going to be involved with the Olympic team. So we'll see how all that plays out. Um, it's really just a shame that he's hurt, though, because I know a lot of Warriors fans, they get this big new arena, they move out of Oracle, and suddenly the injury bug hits, but that's what happens when you go on these runs through the playoffs all these years. The injuries so finally get, start to catch up with you.
2: Or, or you were going to get bad sooner or later. You can't be good forever. It just doesn't oh, work. Bad is like one
4: thing, but, but horrific is another.
2: Well, well
1: yeah, they, I don't want to be that guy, be... but as a Knicks fan, Lou, horrific yeah. is, uh, you oh, yeah, know. But we're used to that. <laughs> that's what I mean.
4: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's yeah. one thing we used when you've been sucking for the last, you know, five five to ten years and haven't even come close to what the Warriors have done. I mean, you go from, you know, being in the finals. I mean, you lost to Toronto, unfortunately, but nobody expected them to be, you know, at 4-18. and 18. I mean, come on. Well,
2: no, but but at least they've got a reason for being 4-18. and 18. What's the Knicks' excuse? James Dolan. Yeah, well done. You're not wrong there, but, I mean, the Knicks are just, they're the Knicks. I mean, yeah. As long as Dolan has them in control, they'll just
4: continue to suck.
2: They just don't seem to want to make much effort to get any better for whatever reasons.
4: Well, I, I still the, say it's a good thing we didn't get Zion. That's
2: what? a good thing.
4: <laughs> sure, with his injury, with him being so injury prone, I could have to be worse. He'd be another Porzingis he was yeah, on injury he One off, injury,
1: one injury. He's still going to be pretty miraculous if you ask me. <clears throat> yeah.
2: I wonder when we're going to get to see that. He's supposed to come back when, though? January?
1: Just before uh, he'll be back. Just for the break.
2: Before Christmas.
1: Uh, A couple weeks, actually, I think he's on a return. So, Zion should be back here uh, pretty soon. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that team looks with him on the court.
4: I'll be waiting to see it. I mean, I want to, you know, let's see what he's got in him. I mean, he was great for college, but it's the only transition. Sometimes uh, uh, it doesn't go as planned.
2: No, that's true, and they're not. uh I mean, they're not far from the bottom of the pile without them. So they can only get better. One would think.
4: Yeah, but I've seen players before who have you know done well in college, and then when they get to the pros, it's like what. Happened?
2: Oh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, if if he is the real deal, he'll make them better because you know, they're, not the very, thing, like they're not They're not a Duke. They're, yeah, they're not very good right now. So, I mean, if he's the real deal, they'll get much better with him. But
1: No, he's the real deal. I I, I stake my claim. No I believing. think this guy's
2: the real deal. You think he's going to be the real deal, and he probably yeah. will be, but we don't know that until we actually see him play some basketball, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen yet. I'm willing to give you that by all indications he should be spectacular. But – I've heard that song before too, and so every, I, once in a, every once in a while it doesn't pan out. I think in this case it probably will, but let's, let's let it happen first before we anoint him. Seeing is saying. believing, fellas.
1: I, I expect to see out of him when he gets there. So that's kind of my what I'm thinking. I think we'll see him show up, and he should dominate. Should. should
0: now I'm not gonna say
2: should. Well, but should, he's got a lot of hype to live up to. That's for sure. The pressure is gonna be on him. That's the problem, though. Can they live up to the hype? Because sometimes they get so hyped up, and everybody expects
4: something, you know, to be spectacular. And you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's anything but.
2: That's Marcus Camby.
4: Marcus <laughs> Camby, Eddie Curry, one, uh, Christian Lee is another.
2: Yeah, Christian. Okay, there's a perfect example of a guy who was a beast in college basketball, and early Hurley. I mean, he was a decent. You know, he was okay in the pros, but he certainly wasn't the hero he was in college. No, mm-hmm. the
4: Hurley. Brothers. No, he wasn't. It.
2: The who? The uh, Hurley brothers. Hurley. No, oh, okay. I just I didn't hear who you said. I'm sorry. Yeah, more oh. boys from more. Some. Is we got a trend going there with guys from Duke or what?
4: <laughs> well, they were the powerhouse, of course. So that was, you know, that's what came to my mind. And if they would have came uh, from, if they would have come from a first,
1: school well, like St. John's, we would praise them, wouldn't we,
4: Lou? We <laughs> would. I mean, uh, one <laughs> St. John's back in the '80s.
2: I mean, one could argue at least Duke. You know, Grant Hill was a pretty good player. That's true. Um, I mean, I mean, really, let's really, really stop
1: really. and think here.
2: Let's re- if we're going to do this, who really, let's do it. Who really came from that school that turned out to be a great NBA powerhouse of a player?
1: J.J. Reddick was pretty good.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay, so so I'll give you one, but Duke's been a college powerhouse for as long as I can remember.
1: Yes. Man, let, let's do a little investigating. All right, this, this is interesting. Oh, there's,
2: there's Coach Krzyzewski calling right now. Tim, get Coach, on the phone, Coach. Coach, sorry. Coach, I'm sorry, we're busy. <laughs> 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 oh great
4: I get in trouble With Coach K now Oh
2: wonderful Coach K is gonna uh, No we don't care We're up here in Canada Coach K don't Alright alright
0: alright
2: Coach K again Alright Uh, here, Here's some
1: names That we can throw out Kyrie Irving Now we can agree Kyrie yeah. Irving's a pretty damn good player Yes Okay we can agree there Uh, Shane Battier He had a good career Yes J.J. Right. Reddick. All yeah. right. uh, J. Williams. Uh,
4: well,
2: J. Williams? Um, NBA, super- NBA superstar?
1: No, no, not a I'll superstar. Give that. If we're no. just going superstars. No. The su- let me give you the superstars I see. All right, I won't even okay. say Reddick's a superstar because Reddick's not, not on the title. Um, I think Reddick's going to go down as one of the greatest role players and shooters of all time. And probably the best free-throw shooter, one of the best free-throw shooters of all time. Um, Kyrie Irving, I think, will be great. We considered great, even though he's one of those guys who – he's kind of a selfish player, but you got to give him some credit there. He's a pretty great player. Um, there, there's been a lot of just solid players. There's really not been a lot of superstars, if we mm, can look at it no. that way. Because Mike Dunleavy, good shooter. Uh, Kyle Singler, decent shooter. Tyus Jones, good backup guard. Carlos Boozer was a good forward for the Bulls. Lou Aldang had a decent career for the Bulls. I mean, Austin Rivers, backup. Mason Plumlee, backup. Jabari Parker, injury prone. Yeah. Elton Brand, decent career, but nothing spectacular. Joel Okafor is just now finding a step. So, Chris Duhon was not that great in the NBA after a good career. So, there's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of guys, yeah. but none you can really say, yeah, this guy's a superstar. I mean, Marvin Bagley's good. It's just one of those, I don't know. Yeah, It's hard to just sit here and pick out one of the greats, like Christian Leitner didn't have a great career. Uh, Jason Tatum. Now, there's a guy who could end up being maybe the best Duke player of all time. Jason Tatum. I think we can say that, right? Yeah. What about,
2: what about Kyrie Irving? I said
1: Kyrie Irving. Get the car key out of your ears.
2: Yeah, sorry. I didn't didn't hear you say that one. Um, Justice
1: Winslow, an okay player, nothing amazing. Danny Ferry, uh, he'll probably go down as a better coach. Grayson Allen, disappointing. Wendell Carter's okay. Quinn Cook, good shooter. Corey Maggette, forgettable career. Rodney Hood's okay shooter. Sheldon Williams never was great. Um, John Shire kind of meh. Nolan Smith didn't do much. Luke Kennard was kind of meh. Jay Billis, uh, he's a homer on ESPN. Gary Trent doesn't do much. I mean, these are just names that I'm seeing here. I'm looking at Josh McRoberts, eh. You know, as far as NBA careers, most of these guys
2: never did much. I mean, I guess what you could say, though, is maybe they never had a big, huge name come out of there, but... They've got almost forty guys in the NBA right now from that team. Yeah, right, right I mean, now. So that says something. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, say what you will, but Duke may not produce superstars per se, but they're able to produce solid players that play in the NBA.
2: Okay, what about uh, what about Johnny Dawkins?
1: I'll be honest. I have very little memory of Johnny Dawkins.
2: All right. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it. I'll give you another one, and I know you're gonna say yes to this one. Cherokee Parks.
1: Dear Lord, what a what a what? name! I
2: forgot about him. Oh, there's there's a blast from the past. Eh? He was hey, well. It. He was he was a hero at Duke, but just couldn't do anything. But then uh, a zero. Yeah, couldn't do anything in the pros. Fight <laughs> for your. Uh, your team there, Nate, for two seasons.
1: There's been a lot of guys that rolled through Minnesota that just didn't do shit.
4: <laughs>
1: because
2: they, because they didn't do shit. Yeah, I was going to say. Hey, the,
1: hey, Lou, I don't talk shit about your Knicks now. Come on.
2: Well, you should. Everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Hawks now. Oh
1: boy. Man, the, Hawks, the Hawks are building. Um, I think if you're a Hawks yeah. fan, you've got to be excited for the future. I really do. Yeah, I mean, no. You're not going to be great this year, but you've got some time. You got some pieces. I mean, who knows what could happen?
4: Yeah.
2: I mean the Knicks.
4: I mean, at least
2: I, I suppose the Knicks were half decent once upon a time. That's a ways back there, but
4: yeah, like to, like after Jeremy Lin and his brief, uh, you know, outing with the Knicks.
2: Yeah, Lin sanity was
1: something else. Now that's mm-hmm, for sure. I
4: know. Yeah. Uh,
1: one thing I want to bring up with you all I know Tim and I oh, discussed this A while back or I wanted to bring this up here Lucy, what you think The like. the Houston Rockets-San Antonio Spurs Game last night
0: Oh yeah. If you
1: missed it, James Harden went for a dunk He made it But the refs didn't count it Because from the looks of it If you just look at it, it looked like he missed it But on replay, you could uh-huh. tell He made it, it was clear He
4: made it the ref, did. the ref was an
1: idiot. Uh, yes, I fully agree.
4: Here's the you problem. Call professional, you call yourselves professional, um, you know, uh, well, whatever, referees and whatnot, and you blow a call like that? No, no. Well,
2: okay, but hold on. There's more to that story than just blowing the call, though. All
4: yes, right. they
2: blew, Yes, they blew the call initially. But as I understand it, Houston could have called for a replay on that play, but instead chose to complain and complain and complain instead mm. and, and blew their window to have that call looked at. Now, I would argue that the NBA probably, they must have an eye in the sky somewhere. Somebody should see that and, and it should go down to the timekeeper's bench. Hey, that was clearly in. You guys blew that. Hmm. Give them their. I mean, they do it with three pointers and two pointers all the time. They award a three, and then and then somebody says, "Oh, well, no, no, we looked at that seventeen times; his foot was on the line," and they change it to two. Well, after it happens, so they could have easily done that. They didn't, so be it. But the Houston Rockets are a great, yeah, thing, so are a great big bunch of crybabies. If they think that they should get that game as a victory, or that they should play seven minutes of 50 seconds and two overtimes over again over that. It's ridiculous. Uh, I don't know if we can go that far.
1: Well, the last time an NBA game was played over, Um, and Tim, you did some research here and, and hooked me up, which caused me to do some research. All right. The Atlanta Hawks won a game. This was back in 2008 without scoring a single point. 2008, the Hawks were playing the Heat in Atlanta on December 19th. It was actually in 2007. The Hawks were really bad, oh, yeah. so were the Heat. And as the story goes, the game stayed close for most of the way throughout. It was tied for the entire, almost the entire last minute of regulation. And the Heat had a chance to win it at the buzzer, but Ricky Davis, there's your name. Missed a wide-open three, and the game went to overtime. During overtime, Shaq, who was uh, not the Shaq of old, as they say, he was no longer a diesel. He was basically an oil tanker, but uh-huh. either way, he picked up a sixth foul, and he was removed from the game with 51.9 seconds left. He sat down, Al Horford hit two free throws. The Hawks went up 114-111, and that was the end of the game. The Hawks ended up winning 117-111. But it turned out there was a bookkeeping error, and there was a fourth-quarter foul that was on Udonis Haslam that was given to Shaq accidentally, and that gave Shaq one more foul than what he had actually had in that game, and he should have been able to play the last 51 seconds, but he was forced to sit out. The Miami Heat filed a protest after the game, and the NBA upheld it, and it was ruled that the Heat and Hawks would replay the final 51 seconds of the game when they met again in Atlanta for another Hawks-Heat game, which was March 8, 2018. The stipulations for the game were fairly simple and straightforward. The two teams would replay the final seconds of the full-length game. The score would be reset to 114 to 111. The Heat would be inbounding the ball. Any players who had not fouled out prior to the 51.9 second mark would be allowed to participate, and any of the players uh, from either team had picked up before the trade deadline could play as well. So yeah, that happened, and no points were scored in that 51 seconds, and the Hawks won the game. And there's only been six games in NBA history that have been replayed: the Hawks Heat game well, in 2007-2008, Lakers Spurs game in 82 and 83. Oh and, yeah. Let's see here. And there was a Hawks Warriors game during 52 and 53. Yeah. Then you're going way back there. Milwaukee Hawks and Philadelphia Warriors back then. Then the Hawks Bulls game during sixty nine and seventy. Mm. And yeah. Um, the
0: dinosaur, right? And a Cavaliers yeah.
1: Braves game during the 71-72 season and a Net Sixers game during seventy eight and seventy nine. Uh, the, oh, yeah. pr-
2: the bigger problem is is that these two teams they play each other again, but not on the right courts. The next two games are in Houston. So ah. are you good? So are you going to replay seven minutes and 50 seconds of a game in the other team's barn? Probably not. Probably not. Um, and it's not like, I mean, it's a, I know if you're a Houston fan, you're, you're going to argue the other side. But I'm sort of going, they had plenty of chances. They never should have gotten that spot to begin with. They had plenty of chances to win. in bo- Whoa. He he doing doing it. It. There's
0: all kinds of stuff
2: going he on in the background. You're stealing. Is there? Well, I just heard, like, a woman's voice and a baby.
4: Yeah.
1: Oh, well, I don't know what happened there.
4: I thought they were yours. Huh. Think... <laughs>
1: Well, my, my, I did get a video of my son while uh, I was sitting here oh, listening that, to oh, you, so that could have been that, what it was.
2: That's what it was then, because I was, was going oh. to say that that sort of sounded like Mr. Cade. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyways, um, okay. the, 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 the Rockets had plenty of chances to win that game. In fact, they had yeah. the last shot, and Mr. Harden missed a, a runner off the glass. They got nothing to complain about. I mean, yeah, it sucks, right. but... I mean my, it, my apologies
1: uh, for that. I I thought I had muted my microphone so no one could hear that. So
2: yeah, I do apologize. Next time you well, need to be careful yeah. in case that uh cam site fun thing pops up for you. <laughs> they got I mean <laughs> I only they got look at me that la- during their I only look at that during their commercial. So I mean they got me last night I didn't you know I didn't yeah, come back true. from the break on time so you know um yeah, It's not much to do about nothing in my opinion.
1: Yes. I understand. I understand. But, um, yeah, so that's that's some of the big news going on right now around uh, the NBA, the Houston Rockets. And I don't know if you guys saw this. The Rockets combined, Westbrook and James Harden combined last night for just one of the most abysmal shooting nights that I think I've ever seen in my life. Let me see if I can find – I'm trying to find exactly – here we go. 18 of 68 last night's shooting my goodness what a just well, Jane, so for Jane those Cartan of you at was, home that don't know that is 26 percent shooting Jane, Jane from those Harden
2: was four of 20 from three points
6: yeah
2: 11 of 38 overall and he only got he I mean he scored 50 points but 24 of them were from three throws.
1: He did break a record, though. He broke the record for most consecutive free throws made in a game well, he was without a miss. Tw-
2: I mean, he was 24 for 24 from the line, but. Yeah. Like,
1: and that is a
7: record.
2: It sort of makes you wonder when he's only shooting four of 20 from three point range, why don't they just let him shoot?
1: Because yeah. it's James Harden. He still, you've got to respect that shot. I don't care how bad of a night he's doing, he's going to keep shooting, so you've got to respect it because he's going to do it. And if he gets hot, all it takes is one make. And he's going to heat up. So you got to stick with him and play that guy.
2: That's just okay, but you, the way it is. You but you basically gave him eight more by sending him to the line anyway. Well, that's the thing. He's going to get foul
1: calls. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, he jarred with the fans last night. The crowd, well, the guys in the crowd even yelled. Nobody wants to see a free throw shooting contest, and he says no, and Harden says back, nobody wants to see a goddamn foul either.
7: And yeah, well, uh quit,
1: quit falling down then. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to see people get fouled, quit falling. I mean, We're Jesus Christ, down. this guy. The nerve of this guy I mean, to think he gets fouled as much as he does. This dude is trying to get some Screen Actors Guild insurance with all the fucking flopping he does.
2: I mean, he does get fouled. He does get fouled occasionally, but he does go down way too easy. and always He that. falls continuously. He's like Ric Flair in a world title match. Just falling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would, I mean, you would think for a guy who's six five and two twenty, he wouldn't be made a paper mache, but he appears to be most nights. So, and admittedly, I'm not a fan of his because I don't like his style of basketball. It's boring.
1: It's so boring. It's so boring to watch. But again, you got to give the guy credit because while oh, it's boring,
4: it's effective. Win. It works.
2: I mean, he they can win score. What works. But it, like, I I will throw in there, though, until they win something worth talking about. Points are nice, but titles are a lot better.
1: Well, it's this Houdini act he does in the playoffs that really seems to be the problem. He just kind of vanishes. But really, no one's had a, sh- had a chance at going anywhere in the West when it comes to uh, the playoffs because of the Warriors for the past few years. But the,
2: that's, that's true, changing but this year. Well, All
1: right. Um, Let's do this here Let's look at the Eastern Conference Because I promise we do an Eastern Conference Evaluation here As the East sets right now Let's take a look at it The Eastern Conference standings Milwaukee on top I don't think anybody's surprised there They've won 12 in a row 12 straight Milwaukee sitting on top Here could be the shocker though Number 2 in the East right now The Miami
2: Heat Lots, gentlemen, on the heat wow. this
1: season so far, as, as we're twenty games in.
2: I think somebody needs to look into some possible substance abuse issues in Miami because somebody's taking something down there. <laughs> Those guys are better than anybody yeah. thought they were going to be. I don't know what's going on. They just been lucky. I thought so far they would like be good. Or? I thought they would be yeah, good, that's... but I didn't think they would be as good. Number, as yeah, they not, not number two in the conference. Good though.
1: No, no, especially this early. And, you know, it's been surprising they've been doing it with young guys. I mean, Jimmy Butler's been in and out. Um, he's been picking fights with people like Jimmy Butler does and, you know, bitching about everybody about how they don't work hard. And he's Jimmy yeah. Butler and he's the hardest working man ever. And Brooks and Dunn wrote a song about him because he's a hard working man. But, you right. know, he's not. <laughs> you've got Tyler Hero who's playing well, you've got Kendrick Nunn who's an undrafted guard. That they picked up just out of nowhere, and this dude could legit be Rookie of the Year. Bam Adebayo's playing well. Justice Winslow's playing good defense. I mean, they're building this team quite well in Miami, and they could be on. it could be a scary out once the playoffs roll around. But I talked to Alphon Sidney uh, a little later about the Heat, so we'll save that conversation. But any any kind of thoughts on the Heat from you two?
2: Too early to tell yet, I think. Yeah, too early. Yeah. Of course so, it's early, you know. We don't want to I'm not speculating. I mean they've had no um I mean I guess Butler's missed a game or two. No yeah. uh nothing um, what's the word I'm looking for? No adversity yet has hit them. Let's see what they do <clears> if somebody goes down long term or yeah. if they can keep I mean they're eight and two in their last ten and you can't argue that. They but, are eight and no, they are eight and oh at home.
1: So that's, uh, so that's a pretty big deal for them. Yeah.
2: So we'll see what they. I mean, good for them. I mean, they're doing well, but mm-hmm. can they sustain? Can they sustain that? Is another question.
1: Number three, right now, same record as the Heat, the Toronto Raptors. They are nine and one at home, eight and two in their last. Defending champs, no Kawhi, but they're getting it done anyway. Tim, I know you've uh, jumped to the Jazz as your new team, but but, uh, but the old Raptors are
2: doing all right. Same thing for the Raptors, though. Playing well so far. No big adversity yet. Can they sustain what they've done so far? Time will tell. But they look good so far, better than most people would have thought.
1: Yeah, and see, Ockham's putting up crazy numbers. It's just a matter of can they sustain it. I think they're doing well. Nick Nurse has got them playing well. We'll see what happens as the season goes along. Of course, again, it's early, but I like to evaluate the conferences a little, about of a quarter of the way through. Oh, sure. We are officially a quarter of the way through the season, just about. So, um, Boston at four. Talked to John Karellis on this episode. You'll hear that conversation. We really went in depth on Boston. But Boston at four. I don't think anybody's too surprised at Boston at four. We thought mm-hmm. they would have a good year, and they are. Yep. Um, here may be a shocker. Philadelphia at five right now. They've won four in a row. They're 15 hmm. and six. They're undefeated at home, but they're five and six on the road. They are the first team in the East with a losing record on the road. And that it could spell trouble for the Sixers as we look at them now. 15 and six, but Fish, most people figured they would be sitting at about the two spot right now. Any thoughts on the Sixers, gentlemen?
2: Hmm. The Sixers kind, of the, not, kind of on the borderline, huh? Yeah, they don't like adversity. They no. don't play well under pressure. They are a bit of a dysfunctional franchise for whatever, whoever you want to blame for that, ownership, coach, whatever. Um, they're a good team, but uh, when it comes to the crunch, they seem to fall apart for whatever reasons. So, uh I thought they'd be better than that. I mean they're only three games behind Milwaukee. It's not like they're total hot mess yet, but they could be. Yeah, but they are yeah they are struggling on the road though. Five and six on the
1: road is not how you want to play, especially when you're gonna to have to even if you get it if they were in the playoffs right now, they would have to win a road series in Boston. I know everybody's like, Nate, it's it's December, calm down. Yeah, yeah I
2: know. But they can't they can't win in Toronto either. They come up north and they just fall apart. They struggle on the road. That's that's
1: difficult for them. Indiana Pacers at six. They're thirteen and seven. I mean, no Oladipo yet. But what's the thoughts, guys? Indiana Pacers. You can go either
2: way. At thirteen yeah. and six. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> well I don't know what will do
4: without uh you would double in the long run I think it to hurt them more than help them. Just have to see how long he's gonna stay out for.
1: Well, it's uh I do believe that I mean they they've, they've
2: been playing a lot better lately too. They're they're seven and three in their last ten. They didn't get out of the gate yeah. very well. Victor so. Oladipo
1: was playing in um playing for the Mad Ants, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, uh during his rehab. He has been recalled by uh the Pacers. They have recalled Victor Oladipo and Edmund Sumner from the Mad Ants. Both will continue their rehab with the Pacers, but there's no timetable set yet for the return. So we will have to see exactly what happens there. But
0: then you look at
1: the, the standings, and then you get a little bit of a drop-off. You get, the top six teams are all within, from one to six, is four-and-a-half-game separation. But then you have a three-game separation from six to seven, and that's Brooklyn. Then you have Orlando, Detroit, Chicago, Charlotte, Chicago, and then you have your bottom dwellers, the Wizards, the Cleveland Cavs, the Hawks, and the Knicks. At Orlando, Detroit, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Chicago. We all thought Charlotte was going to be one of those bottom dwellers, but they've actually been fairly yeah, decent think- this year, sitting at 8-14. and 14. Um, It's going to be interesting to see who – we will squeak into the playoffs. I think the top 6 we can almost guess will make the playoffs provide unless something major happens again. It's early, but you know, Detroit I I think it's almost time for them to blow that thing up in Detroit. They're just not getting it done. Uh Orlando, they just kind of seem to be on the verge. They need a point guard. They they have struggles. We'll have Philip Rossman Reich on next week's episode to talk about them. Chicago seems to disappoint every year, Tim. I know you had them in the playoffs. Um, well, I, have, just, I, uh,
2: I had them in the I had them in the eighth hole. So, but they, yeah.
1: But man, did you see the video of them with Jim Boylan? They look like they have just quit on him. They, they look like they are done with anything Jim Boylan has to say. He was trying to talk to them, they were, but it just they never were all, they
0: never
1: were all panned expecting.
2: out. They were all inspecting the lighting at the stadium while he was talking, <laughs> they were looking everywhere, except that they really room. were It was kind of weird in a way, but uh, yeah, I think he's lost them i I don't know if what the reason is or whose fault it is, but they're not paying any attention, and that doesn't work. It just doesn't no
1: yeah, so. That's a little bit of a look at the East. I mean, the bond. Well, are we, we going to a...
2: say that Cleveland sucks and the Nets suck and the, or the Knicks suck and the Hawks suck? There's well, I didn't enough. want to rub it in on Lou. Well, Thanks. no, but, but Lou is the first guy to admit that the, the Knicks are bad. And I don't really understand why. I don't understand why because they've got money. They could have, I mean, all kinds of people want to go there. Like, I mean, New York is the place to be. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Why can't they get any any players in that team? What's the problem? Yeah, Lou, what is the problem? You follow them closer
1: than most of I them. I mean,
2: you, we say Dolan, but – okay. Dolan. No, oh, okay. I mean, that's only part of it. There's got to be no, more – No, but it's to a major it,
4: part, part it? of
2: it. Yeah, yeah. General managers –
5: you- There's been teams with bad owners
2: that that have been successful, so... It's just become a a culture of
1: I don't want to say... Yeah, it it really has. It's It's become a culture of people associated with the Nick brand are not happy to be associated with them. I mean, it's the most critical market in the world. You will see nothing but people angry at anything you do. Because, and they question every single move the coach makes. They fire their coaches like crazy. They fire and replace people like crazy. Um, I think, now this is me, and I've said this to a lot of people. I, yeah. I believe uh, the Knicks are set up for two years from now to really make a free right. agency run. All right. With all their contracts, the way they're signed, the way it's they're all set. set up.
0: I think today's Thursday.
1: You okay, Lou? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The way things are set up, I think they are set in two years to make a run at some top-caliber free agents. A lot of people thought that Durant and Kyrie were going to come there. That didn't happen. They need to establish a positive culture. Maybe not a winning culture, but a positive culture. I cannot find the remote anywhere.
2: (laughs) What is this tonight, the Comedy of Errors show? is. There's, everybody's been interrupted outside of the pod today. Nate's, doing, rem, Nate's doing remotes and How did video. How you I had my microphone on mute. You you didn't have your microphone on mute because we heard all of that.
1: I was just letting it be known that here in this house, I can't find
2: the remote, so that's all oh. I'm saying. Well, like I said, everybody's had a, everybody's had interference. Did you not
4: listen to any of that?
2: There, see, we can hear it all, I didn't, know, all I didn't know I couldn't find it this morning.
1: <laughs> I have no clue how. I really don't, because well, I don't L-
2: know. Lou, Lou, do you know where your remote is? I have it right in front of me. Yeah, I got mine in my hand, too, so it's all good here. I have one. <laughs> <laughs> what a comedy well, of ours, this podcast. Indeed it is, but... Lou, I
1: think we're going to have to let you go because we've got a couple pre-recorded interviews we got to get to. So oh, we appreciate yeah. you calling in. Oh, uh, we always do. Thank you for calling and, and giving us your insight.
2: How was your Thanksgiving, Lou? Oh, great. We had my
4: we had my brothers. Excellent. He was I'm happy that there. the Bears won. I was not happy that the Cowboys lost.
2: Uh-huh. There you go.
4: If you get the picture.
2: I do. Thanks for calling Lou, it was good to hear from you again Have a good night man, later And there went Lou As my microphone apparently is picking up everything tonight
1: I don't know why
2: Yeah, because I can hear somebody's doing something in the background I don't know what, but I can hear (laughs) him.
1: Who knows Oh well. My niece, she's feeding the dog So For, uh, I suppose that's what it is But on,
2: Onward ho, Nate John. Yeah, that's onward
1: right. ho indeed If she doesn't stop, I'm going to sue her And you know how I sue? I sue with the law offices of Stephen P. New Our fantastic Lawyer Our confidant, the man, the myth, the legend I got to spend the weekend and went to Salem with Steve Man, we had a blast I tell you I can't, There's We did all kinds of stuff down there Some things I'm not even allowed to talk about legally but if you Steven need to, P.
2: Sue, you should Steven call Stephen P. P. P New. That's right. Stephen P New. Indeed,
1: Stephen P New. Let's hear more from the law offices of Stephen P New. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or, again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on cam. And have some fun. When you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now at StripCamFun.com, where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Back with us on Wide Me and Can't Jump from the Five on the Floor podcast. And one of the five from the Five Reasons Why Sports Network, it's Alphonse Sydney. Alphonse, thanks for jumping back on the show. Talk a little heat basketball with us.
6: No problem, man. Anytime.
1: Well, we're going to have some fun talking heat. It's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining and controversial, as always. So let's go <laughs> ahead. And since Jimmy Butler's on this team, let's go ahead and get to the controversy. Uh, Jimmy oh. Butler, he's kind of sparked this team. Uh, this Miami team. And look, you're you're never going to hear me say Jimmy Butler's not a great basketball player because I honestly believe he is. He's a great basketball player. My biggest issue with Jimmy Butler is the way he treats young players. Has there really been a lot of cohesive teamwork down in Miami so far this season with Butler there uh, because he's called out his Minnesota teammates in the past? And then re- as recently... He called out his Philly teammates for not working hard enough. Really, does, do the Heat work hard enough for Jimmy Butler is really the question.
6: Well, it's funny when it comes to Jimmy, which I understand that Timberwolves fans, the Bulls fans, the Sixers fans, all the fan base that kind of feel a little bit burned by him in the past because, you know, the way he treated Cat, Wiggins, Simmons, you name it, he's uh, he's had some run-ins. But the funny thing is sometimes it's just about fit, and this franchise is an absolute fit for Jimmy Butler. They love to talk about how hard they work, how much trash they talk. You know, they just want to be the toughest, meanest, uh, just scrappiest team in the league. And Jimmy embraces that. Jimmy embodies that. So the whole culture that you hear culture all the time around this franchise. When you're in the locker room, you're at the press conferences, you're talking to Spo, you're talking to all these guys, you hear it constantly. And the thing that's funny when it comes to the young guys, the young guys on this Miami Heat team rally around Jimmy. Um, Over the summer, Jimmy was uh, flying uh, Tyler Hero out, I think it was to Chicago, to work out with him. He's completely taken Tyler Hero under his wing, guys like Chris Silva, guys like Kendrick Nunn. All these Heat rookies that are flourishing right now, they rallied to him. All the other young guys on the team, Justice Winslow, Bam Adebayo, all the young guys are are latching on to Jimmy's personality. They kind of had that last year uh, already or the last few seasons. There's been a dog, there's been dog in this team uh, for the last couple of years, um, but it's kind of been uh, overri- oh, over overrided by, like, you know, the Deion Waiter stuff and all that kind of stuff. But the grit of this team has been there, and it's just come to life under uh, Jimmy's leadership, and they really, really take to him. So when it comes to this team and this, this group of young guys, they love Jimmy. When you're in the locker room, the banter between him and Tyler Hero, between Jimmy and Bam, between Jimmy and Justice Winslow. I mean, you can tell that these guys really like each other and they really love playing together.
1: Yeah, and Jimmy is a hard worker. I'll give him that. It's just every time I hear from Jimmy. And if you don't think Jimmy's a hard worker, uh, just ask Jimmy. He'll tell you how hard of a worker he is. He'll tell you. But, uh, you know, I I always worry about Jimmy going on young teams and killing – I won't say killing talent, but killing morale. Because, man, I'm a Minnesota fan – and, boy, did, he did that up, up in Minnesota. Just, oh, man, it was awful. And then I know a lot of uh, Sixers fans were felt like they were burnt. And he really gave Wiggins down the road. Uh, by the way, Jimmy, if you're listening, Wiggins is averaging 25 a game. So, thanks for that. Uh, uh, anyway. Man,
0: look,
6: he, he made him grow up. Look at that.
1: He kind of did. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're going to give Jimmy credit.
5: A flow.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the coach change helped more than anything. But anyway, enough about my Wolves. Uh, Bam Adebayo. Now, that this is a guy that I love. I love Bam Adebayo. He comes out of Kentucky, and he has really turned it on this year. Averaging a double-double so far this season, he's finally getting the chance to prove what he can do with Asan Whiteside out. And Bam, is he's a no-nonsense kind of guy on the court. Really like him. Uh, a lot of people might consider him to be a little bit undersized to play the center, but I think he does a great job how do you feel about Bam Adebayo in a Heat uniform this season?
6: Well, the funny thing is coming to into the season, one of the things that was most exciting was the idea of Justice Swinslow, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo in the same lineup and like how suffocating defensively that would be. And even with Justice missing time, you've just seen the flashes when it's Jimmy and Bam out there. It's just hard for other teams to score. And that's one of the things when – Um, you would look at a box score, and you'd be like, why do Heat fans not love and embrace Hassan Whiteside with his 22.17 rebounds and five blocks? Because we knew he was getting in the way of Bam out of bio. Um, a A lot of Hassan's numbers, and if you ask Trailblazer fans, they'll tell you the same right now, kind of feel empty. Bam's numbers are impactful. He is everywhere. He has a motor like I've never seen a guy his size have. He just does not stop. And so whatever he lacks in size, he more than makes up for in, in just in just grit and just try hard, if you will. And the funny thing is, yeah, he's not a great rim defender at 6'9". But what the, what the Heat does and what Bam does in that lineup, he just prevents guys from even getting to the rim. And that's what's important. That's what this Heat team has pretty much uh, been built on ever since uh, guys like Shaquille O'Neal have, uh, have been off the roster. They've been just focused on getting, keeping guys away from the rim, guys like Joel Anthony and all these guys, all these 6'9", 6'10", centers running around being disruptive. That's exactly what Bam is, but he's also effective offensively. And the funny thing is, Heat fans would have told you last year this is who Bam was because his per 36 minutes are the same as they were last year. It's now he's just getting the time to shine with the sun light side out of the lineup.
1: Yeah, and he's just showing so so much, really just grit that he has. He's one of those guys that does a lot of dirty work, too. He's averaging 1.3 blocks per game this season as well. So he's having a great year. Tyler Hero was my pick preseason with Zion being hurt to be rookie of the year. And, well, I mean, he's having a good season. Rookie of the year numbers, maybe not quite, but he's having a pretty good season. 14 points per game to go with four rebounds couple assists, shooting 40% from three. That's not too shabby for the rookie coming out of Kentucky. This kid can just flat-out play. He is a shooter, and he really has fit in well with this Heat line because I felt that was one thing the Heat were lacking last season was a pure shooter, and they've got it here with Tyler Hero.
6: Well, the funny thing is uh, Kendrick Nunn, the other Heat rookie, is actually who won Rookie of the Month um, for the Eastern Conference uh, for November. But if you actually look at the November numbers, Tyler Hero was better. So I mean, I know it's factored in some of the October games, but overall Tyler Hero has is starting to really come into his own. And it's funny, um, a lot of people, especially in Philly, said, "Oh, uh, Jimmy Butler's coming down to Miami to retire." Uh, not really, because he'd have two rookies right now that are kind of leading this team offensively. So even with even if you take none out of the picture, what Hero's doing is amazing he's defensively he you might say he's smallish undersized he competes that's one of the things we knew he was going to shoot but we don't but we didn't know that he was going to pass the ball like this and we didn't know that he was going to rebound the ball and that he was going to fight like this he is just a fighter and that's why that's you can tell this is why jimmy butler likes this kid so much he's taking him under his wing and you can tell it's just because he know he sees a kid that works just as hard as he does so Tyler Hero, yeah, he is a shooter, but he is a lot more. If you watch a heat game, watch him on the defensive end, watch him in the re- uh, in, in rebounds, in, in in just scrums, he does he, he not care what side he is. He's going in there and he's fighting and he's just been really, really impressive. And if you just watch his feet when he shoots, man, they should they should write textbooks on the way this kid shoots. It's something else. And uh like you said, you're right, that, this is what the heat team needed. And they have Tyler Hero now. They also have a second uh, year guy named Duncan Robinson who can shoot the lights out. And he's also bulked up and he's playing great defense. So coming in, we, uh, three point shooting was a concern. But they're currently sitting at third in field goal percentage in the entire league. And it doesn't really look like that's slowing down.
1: Yeah, not at all. He really isn't slowing down. I think he's going to get so much better. We're going to be talking about him for a long time to come. You brought up Kendrick Nunn. I'm going to ask the question, 16 points per game on the season so far. Where'd this guy come from? Undrafted out of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Oakland university in Michigan. (laughs) Where did this guy come from and how did he end up on the squad? And and second of all, I want to thank him because he's on my fantasy basketball teams. Thank you, Kendrick. But, um, I just don't I don't know where this guy came from. I'd never heard of him until I saw him on a roster. And next thing I know, here he is tearing it up, and he's a, he's a rotation player for sure.
6: Well, it's funny, right? So when you talk about the Miami Heat, a lot of people talk about the big trades and free agent signings. One of the things they're really, really good at, that uh, they're just starting to really get the credit for, is what they've done in the G League and some of these undrafted fines. Duncan Robinson, starting for the Heat right now, second-year undrafted free agent. Um, Kendrick Nunn, undrafted guy, 20, I think he's 24, 25 years old. So he's a rookie, but this guy, he's no kid, right? So they picked up Kendrick Nunn last game of the year, last season. Did not play. Um, they they cut uh, Rodney Magruder, or I believe it was a trade. He went to the Clippers. Uh, some of the Heat fans were upset. Um, and then all of a sudden they pick up this guy, Kendrick Nunn, no one's ever heard of, whatever. It just seemed like one of those end-of-year signings that don't mean much. Next, thing you know, the guy starting for, for the third place team in the Eastern Conference and leading uh, probably top two or three when it comes to rookie of the year voting. If you had, to, if you did the vote today, um, I think it's Ja Morant and him at this point. So it's it's kind of wild, but the Heat are just they are good at this. They're good at finding these guys. They turned Hassan Whiteside into a max player. Ryan Magruder is starting for the Los Angeles Clippers right now. Uh, like I said, like I said before, Duncan Robinson. They have another uh, uh, rookie right now named Chris Silva, who just, who his his motor is only matched by Bam Adebayo's, and he's just tearing it up with the, with his six to ten minutes that he gets a game. So the Heat are just become this really good team at finding these gems, and let's be honest, part of it is because they're always capped out, so you gotta find cheap talent from somewhere. And they mine the G League like no other team has. They, the, the, the second the draft is over, they're running around, they're finding these guys that, that went undrafted, and it's just made a really, really big difference, uh, uh, especially this year when you know you're capped out, you made moves to get Jimmy Butler, left you without a roster spot, and they're getting production from out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and they've done a great job at being able to find that talent for sure, and. Even some of the moves they made in the offseason, they were able to go out and get Myers Leonard, who yep. a lot of people will look at the stat sheet. Maybe he's not going to be the guy that's stuffing the stat sheet. But he's been a nice piece as well coming off the bench for them. I think Myers Leonard's a good find. What do you think about Myers Leonard?
6: Well, actually, Myers is starting. He started every game this year. Um, and he's, he's leading the league in three-point percentage now. He doesn't shoot enough. But he's at like 53%. I mean, he's making, uh, he's shooting like two a game, which he needs to shoot more. But when he gets those opportunities, he's knocking them down. He's playing really well defensively. And it's funny because he's really only playing about 18 to 20 minutes a game, even as a starter. But his minutes are really, really impactful. I mean, he's, he's had games where he's, he scored 20, he's had games where he scored six. But what he's done is provide a release valve for Bam where, like you're saying, Bam is on their side. So if you're against an Embiid uh, tonight, of Marcus Saul, you can put Myers Leonard out there, and for short stints, he can stay with most of these guys, if not just completely get abused. And it saves, uh, it saves Bam, it saves the fouls, keeps him out of style trouble, and, and kind of lets him roam defensively where he's, so, where he's really, really impactful. Because the funny thing is, I mean, if you watch a Heat game, Bam is guarding five through one the entire game. He's locking up point guards and centers, and that can't be done without uh, that reprieve that Myers Leonard gives him out there.
1: Yeah, I actually didn't realize he was starting, so I'm glad you brought that to my attention. I haven't been able to see a lot of uh, Heat games this season, but uh, I thought Leonard was coming off the bench due to his um, his minute his minutes. It's the minutes.
6: Uh, <laughs> you look at the minutes and you think that's a bench player. No, man, he's been starting, and he's actually funny thing is he's become a fan favorite. He's one of my favorite guys to talk to in the locker room. He's just funny, he's outgoing. he's such a team guy he's when either whether he's on the floor or on the bench, he is barking relentlessly uh shouting out defensive sets i mean the guy is so bought in and he's another guy that is just completely lashed on to the jimmy butler uh persona here and it's just he's become uh, he's just become a really great fit.
1: You mentioned him earlier, and he made news a few weeks ago deon waiters uh could you tell us? Any kind of news of what's going on with him and what's happening with the Heat organization? I saw he practice well,
6: him the ten, other day. Well, he's ten game. there's ten game suspension uh, team imposed is up. He's uh, he's active tonight for the first time in a while. Whether he'll get minutes, I don't know. It's one of the stranger stories in the league right now because he's not on a he's not on a um, expiring deal. He still has another season after this one. He has a player option this summer which at $12 million a year, he's probably going to pick up because right now his name is Mudd and who really wants him. So so now what do you do if you're the Heat? Do you play him and try to increase his trade value and try to get something in return for him? Or do you just move on and just basically chalk it up to a loss and just keep moving forward and just have this guy on your payroll for two years? So far, it looks like the Heat are content to just have him on the payroll, have him on the bench until he gets his act together. And I think one of the things that, um, that Jimmy coming to this team has brought, it's brought a different arrogance back um, to the front office. And I mean, I mean arrogance in a good way, where they're like, listen, we don't need any of you guys. Jimmy, uh, James Johnson, who makes about $16 million a year, doesn't play. He doesn't get on the floor because he, he, he didn't come into the season uh, with the proper conditioning. So the Heat franchise has kind of just called everybody's bluff this year. If you come in playing around, you're just not going to play. They don't care what your contract is, how many years left you have on it. They will, you will just ride the pine for two straight years. And like I said, this is one of the most. This is why the the, the development of these G League and undrafted guys has been so important. You have twenty nine million dollars sitting on the bench right now that doesn't play in a salary cap league. And how do you get around that? You get around that with guys like Kendrick Nunn who are making like four hundred thousand this year. That's how you get around that.
1: Drogic is out tonight as the Heat are playing the Raptors. Right now, that game is at halftime as we record on Tuesday. Uh, Drogic's out with a groin injury. Have you heard anything on the severity of that groin injury or how long Drogic could be out?
6: Um, everyone's speculating right now. Uh, it could be something like two to three weeks, which would be uh, which would be very interesting when it comes to the Deion Waiters conversation because Drogic has been playing off the bench. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who he was an all-star for the C team, and now he's coming off the bench as a sixth man, and he has a really good shot of winning sixth man of the year because he's, he's scoring about eighteen points a game, I believe, and he has just been so crucial for the Heat uh, coming off that bench, beating up on second units, providing a scoring punch where when Jimmy's out, Justice is out, um, when the team is just kind of floundering like they were against the Brooklyn Nets the other day. Uh, Dragic pretty much saved him. I know uh Jimmy but Jimmy Butler and Justice Winslow had the clutch plays at the end, but it really was Goran Dragic that kept him in that game. So with with going out for two to three weeks, it just makes it kind of interesting to me. Do you do you say if you're the Heat, all right, let's let's work on increasing um Deion Wade's trade value during this time and let him be that scoring punch off the bench. Let him feast on second units and let somebody who needs some, a shooting guard, because it's a really, it's a really soft position in the league right now. Maybe somebody goes and takes a flyer on Deion Waiters at twelve million dollars a year. It really, and with a player option which, which will be expiring next year, because it's really not that bad of a contract. So, like I said, it's a dilemma. Um, that's one of the things that makes this the whole Deion so thing so interesting. And with going out two, three, maybe four weeks, is it time to play him, and a time to increase that trade value?
1: Yeah, I think uh, they would actually be smart to get him in there and at least let teams get a look at him because somebody's going to be interested in him as long as he can kind of uh, keep his nose clean. And that's been a a really interesting situation to follow. And it's been kept kind of quiet since it happened. It kind of like word got out that it happened. And then after that, it was like, okay, that's it, no more.
6: And it's yeah. been kind of weird. That's the so, franchise in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> yeah, and really, that might be the smartest way to go about it. Uh, Justice Winslow, we'll talk about him and then I'll, uh, I'll give you some time to go catch your breath and catch the rest of the game. Uh, Justice Winslow's played pretty solid this season, 12 points per game. He was the 10th overall pick in 2015. Uh, maybe not living up to that billing per se, but I think he's a solid defender and I think people really underrate some of the things he can do in the win over Milwaukee. He had 10 points, but 13 rebounds in that game. And I think that's an underrated quality of his, his rebounding, his defense. He can do a lot of things, maybe not put points up like uh, people expect him to, but what do you think about Justice Winslow? Is he going to, is he kind of one of those guys that Jimmy Butler likes because of his defensive abilities?
6: Well, I will tell you, Jimmy, Jimmy loves justice. Um, They asked him about it the other day, because justice had missed, missed a bunch of games and he came back. He's like, man, we need that guy because he does so many things on the floor. The funny thing about Justice Winslow is if you ask, you know, you go in the locker room, you ask Coach Fulcher, you ask the other guys on the team, what do they think of Justice Winslow? They basically say they cannot win, they cannot play without that guy. He does everything for them. But you ask the fan base, and he probably, not probably, he 1,000% is the most polarizing player for the, uh, when it comes to this fan base, now that Hassan Whiteside is gone. There are heat fans who positively despise Justice Winslow, and there's other heat fans who think he is top two top three player on this team who uh who kind of look at all the different things he does. One of the things uh, about justice when you ask the coaching staff what he does is not represent, represented in the box score right so like tonight he didn't start the game. Fred Van was killing them, so Spo brings in justice Winslow t- tells him don't let them. Fred- Fred VanVleet score again, and Fred VanVleet doesn't score again. That's the kind of thing that Justice Winslow does. He gets, a, he put, basically plays point guard for the team when he's on the floor, and he gets them into their offense faster than any of the other point guards, even Goran Dragic. He just pushes the pace a little bit more, and he really, and he, he really, he plays at his own tempo. But it's, it's, it just, it's the pace moves. He pushes the ball and he does all the scrappy things, all the dirty little things other players don't want to do. So what I when I talk about um, Justice, I kind of compare him to Marcus Smart, a guy that if you ask other Boston Celtics players and coaches and, and fans who kind of really pay attention to the game, they say Marcus Smart is in this, indispensable. But you ask the average casual NBA fan, they look at the numbers and they say, Marcus Smart, well, what's the big deal? So until uh, Justice starts getting some all-defensive, uh, team selections until he has some big playoff moments, which he actually already has, but he fans have a short memory. It's going to just continue to be like this. He's going to continue to be a polarizing player. But to me, he is um, one of the most important players on the team. Like I said before, Justice Bam and Jimmy is a formidable defensive lineup. It's going to be one of the – I mean, I think that's what's going to be really important, closing out games in the playoffs. So yeah, to me, justice is one of the most important players, but it depends on which Heat fan you ask, to be honest.
1: Well, Fonz, I appreciate the time here tonight talking about the Heat and what's been going on in Miami. And uh, I want to give you a chance here to let our listeners know where they can keep up with you, where they can find you.
3: Anything? Going on you, uh, let
1: our listeners know where they can keep up with you.
6: You can find me at Alf A L F nine five four on Twitter. I'm with the 5 Reasons Sports Network, headed up by Ethan Skolnick. I do a podcast, 5 on the Floor, with Ethan Skolnick. You can just find that on on the FiveReasonSports.com website. But we're also on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. 5 on the Floor, it's a Miami Heat podcast. We have national guests. We have players on. We do a lot of post-game analysis. We do some live video streams. If you check out at the number 5 Reasons Sports on Twitter, Um, there's a lot of things going on if you want to follow the Miami Heat and all Miami sports in in that case. And then I'll also host another show called Lights and Opinion, the pop culture sports and politics show. It's also on the Five Reasons Sports Network. You can catch us us on the Five Reasons Sports website, or like I said, on Podbean, iTunes, whatever, Uh, Google Play, Spotify. We're everywhere. And then uh, also you can catch me writing on the Five Reasons Sports website. Uh, I I do some game recaps. And I'll be coming out with actually a column soon uh, about the Heat fans' relationship with Justice Winslow. So uh, look out for that
1: one. I'm looking forward to that. I'll check that out for sure. I don't know how you have time to do anything with as busy as you are. You're like me.
6: <laughs> 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 and, those, and the people are like, oh, man, you're so busy. And, and they're like, it's like, it's you know, they don't even realize I also have a full-time job yeah like,
1: yeah I know it, trust me yeah, I know the don't feeling realize there. we don't get paid
6: that much for this
1: ain't sure, boy you got that right but I appreciate you I appreciate you giving me some time and jumping on talking a little heat I really appreciate it and I hope to have you back real soon we'll talk some more heat man I'm looking forward to exactly. it and uh, the heat are a fun team to watch because everybody needs a villain and I've got Jimmy Butler so that makes everything better for me
6: <laughs> alright
0: thanks again All right, man. man I'll have talk you back you real soon,
6: soon. alright All
7: bye. perfect bye.
1: And that was my conversation with Alphonse Sidney. As I was saying, that was my conversation with Alphonse Sidney, and I apologize for some technical issues on my end.
2: Hey, we're learning from the real NBA here. We can botch things.
1: Yeah, for real. At least we didn't miss a dunk, but... uh, Anyway, we're sorry for the technical difficulties earlier. was having some trouble, but everything's straightened out now. All right, Tim, we got to watch Shackelford. Oh, really? Okay, um, Rusty Shackelford, our great producer, has informed me that we have to roll some something here about... Uh, I don't even know what it is. So, Tim, are you right. ready for this?
2: Uh, I, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to it.
2: Do you wish you could go back to a simpler time, to a time when you worried less and things were carefree, and you just didn't have a care in the world? Well, we do too. But of course, until someone invents a time machine, that's impossible. So the best we can do is to follow it.
5: Delco Records, in association with wide Men Can't Jump and the Primetime Players, present to you Hits of the Eighties. 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 Eighties.
2: We cover everything on this 47 CD set, including some of the greatest hits of all time. Of course, you all know this, Biggie, and you all know the man singing it, Stephen P. New.
5: On down in with Town, if you've been done wrong, you should come around. If the bad guys will not participate, I'll be forced. To Little Gate now, born in Beckley Town. I was born in Beckley Town, yeah.
2: Oh, that was awesome. Who knew Stephen P. New had those kind of pipes? Another big hit of the 80s brought to you by White Big Catch Up the the Primetime Players is, of course, that Canadian classic. Unbelievable tune, sung here for you by the great Tom robinson i wear my sunglasses
5: at night my coat well man it don't fit right watch (laughs) me go and leave your package
2: behind
5: I wear my sunglasses at night Damn, my swords are all too tight
2: If you saw, you'd
5: lose your appetite
2: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, there was other big songs in the 80s Who could forget this unbelievable hit? I believe it was from maybe 1984, 85, 86 I'm not sure, but we all know it And it's been lovingly recreated by, of course, background Josh Brown
5: Shout! Shout! I'm letting it out. There ain't anything that I don't get offended about. So yeah, get lost. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. Yeah, get, get, get out of here. Oh, you pinheads! Don't cap in Call of Duty. It's wrong, and it annoys me. This song is stupid. Ah, oh, Nate, I ain't doing this anymore.
2: Shout! Fucking dumb. I, no, I'm out of here. <laughs> Whoa, that was a classic. Now, of course, it wasn't just the uh, '80s and well, I guess that's what uh, European rock. Um, but it, of course, it was also a time for the heavy metal. Nobody sings a heavy metal quite like it. The instance, in Cold August, check this out in his rendition of Electric I
5: want you as priest. Down at the sheets we're cooking just for you. Please embrace.
2: Everything we do,
5: we make the matzo sticks, we think they are the best. Take a bite and see, put your taste buds to the test. We make burritos, we use the best beans. Just let us know if you need extra sour cream. It might not be healthy, do wonder why. It's not too pricey! And everything's deep fried.
2: And of course, what <laughs> compilation would be complete without a little ditty from our good friend Armando Martinez, our West Coast man? As if, of course, he covers that great, great hit, Centerfold by the J. Giles Band. <laughs>
5: He pass? Can he run? Another incomplete. Why does our QB play like he's got two left feet? He's always on his back. His throws you never know. Oh damn, there's another fumble. It's 4.32 to go. The years <laughs> go by. I'm watching the game on my TV. Oh god damn it. It looks like we're gonna go 0-16. Oh, my blood runs cold. I wish this team would just get sold. Our running backs are way too old. They are way too old. My blood runs cold. <laughs> Our O line is gonna fold. QB looks like a centipole.
0: <laughs> so there you have
5: it folks,
2: just a little sample of what you could see in here on the great white men can't jump in the primetime players. It's to the eighties. Send thirty nine ninety nine to our PayPal account and we will eventually send you some kind of recording that may resemble or may not what you just heard. But anyway, it's a hell of a deal. So we'll see you soon. Brought to you by the people from
5: Delco
2: Records
5: Records.
1: We should pack up shop and just go home because there ain't no fucking way we're topping that, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Now, do, you find oh, it odd? do you find it odd that Stephen P. New, Tom Robinson, Ed Boggs, Armando <laughs> Martinez, and Josh Brown all sound the same?
1: <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, music studio vocalization trick. It's like an get, auto-tune. It
5: auto- Canadian auto tune. Speaking of auto tune, oh god, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> oh, it's absolutely priceless. It's
2: so much better with the music.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of music,
0: Bushley. Bush. Oh, <laughs>
1: That's right, it's Bush League. We're back this week. <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you all right, Tim? We're we gonna make it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be alright. <laughs> all right,
1: well God. three to the White Jump.
0: Ooh, <laughs> the White right
1: Can't Jump Twitter page. And uh we're gonna pick a winner this week. Tim, let me know when you're there, because we've got a lot to get right. to still yet here on this program.
2: I had no idea that Ed Bogus was related to Rob Halford. Blew me away. Anyhow. Um, okay, I'm there. Josh down the trash. All right. First clip. Take a, you take, take out a, the trash.
1: Take a look. Well, that was a uh, background. Josh Brown made an appearance in the trash there. I was like, what in the hell is the dog in the trash? Wait,
2: hey. wait, until, he, wait until he hears his hey. song. He's going to be...
1: I got something pumped. to let you hear later. You'll enjoy it. But all right. I probably won't,
0: but that's okay.
1: Our first,
0: <laughs> our first
1: Bush League nominee, Serge Baca, passes to Fred Van Vliet, but Van Vliet's not in the game. He's standing out of bounds. Does that one goes sailing out,
0: how and does Van that Vliet happen?
1: says, My bad.
0: How does that uh, happen?
1: He, he, Josh called him an idiot.
2: But yeah, yes, that's what happened.
1: It's not hard to stand on the court, you know? Well, uh, he's not. On the court. He's not in the game, though.
5: Then get off the court! <laughs> <laughs> well, there he's you not go. He's not technically we
0: on the floor. On the court,
5: sitting
4: <sighs> in a chair like an old person. <laughs> he should have, <laughs> but shout, idiot! Either way, that was what it was. That's Bush. Bush League. Is
2: you hear me? Up. They better
3: join me while I
2: last. Yeah. <laughs> why are you headed right. on that it, it
1: did not sound right <laughs> alright our next bull League nominee we take a look at Blake, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and a, uh, Blake Griffin goes down and then Drummond just
5: whoop right behind oh.
1: him. And down they both go
2: they it pretty much lucky. sums up
1: the Detroit Pistons season this year
2: they were lucky somebody didn't take an injury in that second part there
1: Absolutely, they were. Apparently, they didn't you know, play they're...
2: leapfrog as kids.
1: No, Drummond did not play leapfrog. You're right. No, but down he goes.
2: Well, well, that's pretty clumsy. But anyway,
1: it is. That was not just clumsy. That was.
5: I mean, that, that is bush league.
1: That is bush league. All right, and yeah, our please. final bush league nominee. Just wait for it. We have kind of a uh, little halftime show going on here, and oh no. <laughs>
3: He comes up off
1: the trampoline The first two guys did it great And the
5: third guy, one more time Oh, forgot the ball Somebody done
2: pulled on Superman's cable
1: That was bad Uh, Pretty bad, not going to lie So, uh,
2: yeah Oh, boy
1: Needs to go somewhere But you know what it was
2: It's Bush League
1: Ah. Alright, Tim Of the three nominees, who's our Bush League winner this week?
2: If that would have been an NBA player, I would have give it to that last one, but it wasn't. It so, wasn't. It but wasn't. it's his so, only
1: job, really.
2: <laughs> really, but still, I'm I'm gonna have to give it to you. That Serge Ibaka pass, that's just brutal.
1: All right, Serge Ibaka, you are the winner. This week of Bush League, which means you receive one coupon good for a back rub at Freddy Krueger Massage Incorporated. Enjoy it, my friend. We hope you love it there. They'll take care of you or your money back, guaranteed. That's been Bush League for this week.
0: Bush League. Bush League. league. Woo! Hey. On, <laughs> wow! <laughs>
1: Josh making jokes back here, at
0: this.
1: but there's no joke ladies and gentlemen at atomic comics and collectibles LLC where you can get all the great items. The Funko pops are selling like crazy over there right now. The deals are insane. You need to head over to facebook.com backslash atomic comics and collectibles LLC and get your merchandise. It's Christmas time. You're going to spend money on people anyway. So why not get over there? And go ahead and get your merchandise early. Get it shipped to you. Have it ready. Don't have to fight holiday traffic or anything like that. They'll send it right to you. And their prices are better than anywhere else you're going to find around. Isn't that right, Tim?
2: Damn straight, mate.
1: Damn straight indeed. Let's hear some more from Atomic Comics and Collectibles. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say... They run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth?
7: Well, you should head on over to Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where
1: you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code Men. but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to StayClassyMeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at StayClassyMeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, StayClassyMeats.com is for you again at com right now the good people at stayclassymeats.com check them out fantastic quality product at affordable prices get them now because right now is a good time to always have meat in your freezer every day is barbecue day as far as i'm concerned stayclassymeats.com and i apologize for the uh the constant screw-ups tonight. There's been quite a few screw-ups. I guess that's what happens when you have a... Uh, oh,
5: a little bit of the bubbly. The bubbly.
1: <laughs> before you go on there. So, uh, But anyway. All right. I was able to sit down and have a nice conversation with John Karellis from MassLive.com. We discussed the Boston Celtics and everything going on in Boston as they've got off to a hot start okay. with Kimball Walker. We asked some of Do the it? hard questions about Kyrie Irving as well. Go ahead, Tim.
2: Is he married to Maria?
1: Not that I know of. I thought that was Mike Bennett, but either way. Uh, no,
2: no. It's,
1: it's funny better. you bring up wrestling. You'll hear some wrestling talk at the end of yeah, this with me and John. We it. talk a little bit of wrestling. so. But let's go ahead now, head on over and hear my talk with John Corrales, and we'll be back right after that, and we'll wrap the show up. Tim, what do you say?
2: Roll the tape.
1: Back with us on the show is a Celtics beat writer from MassLive.com and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast with Locked On NBA podcast, John Corrales. John, thank you so much for coming back on. Our number one Greek guest on the show tonight.
3: <laughs> I'm happy to be number one. Yeah.
1: Yes. You, sir. You're not just a hero here on Wide Mean Can't Jump. You're our hero here on <laughs> Wide Mean Can't Jump. Okay. Enough bad, enough bad Arby's jokes. But John's back on the uh, show and... uh we're glad to have you back on. Our boy, Nick is a fan of you. He's a little avid, and he always says, when are you going to bring John on? And I'm like, Nick, I can't have him on every week. Good Lord. But <laughs> We're glad to have you here on the show. We're going to talk some uh, little Boston Celtics. That's my job. All right. Well, Boston right now sitting fourth <laughs> in the East, 14-5. and five. Um, As of right now, they're 7-0 and oh at home. Undefeated at home, 7-5 and five on the road. What's been the key to this team being so good at home? They're really playing well at home so far this season.
3: Yeah, um it's I think it's just more comfortable for for these guys as they still try to figure out a little bit of how to work together. Um they've they've had some good comebacks against good teams, Milwaukee, Toronto, uh some some clutch home wins there. Uh they've also had the benefit of some kind of iffy teams come through, like they played uh, the wizards, which was a tougher game than expected. They played the Knicks, uh, you know um, they, so I I think it's some combination of, of that and just when you're at home, you feel more comfortable. Um, Some of those games where it was tight late, you know, you get that boost from the home crowd. Uh, I think, you know, Kemba Walker really gets juiced by that. So uh, what home cooking, baby. You get to sleep in your own bed. You get to go through your own routine. Uh, and it's something that, that's really kind of worked out well for them. And, you know, the record on the road hasn't been horrible. They, they played some really tough teams on the road. I, I think they're just part of this is just that they're kind of a good team.
1: Yeah, and if you look at the standings, they have already distinguished themselves among, you know, that top four or five teams in the East that are kind of elite. They're going to be battling for um, a home court series, I think, this season. Uh, Really, you can kind of look. There's about six teams in the East right now that are really, really good. Um, Milwaukee, Toronto, Miami, Boston, Philly, and Indiana. And a lot of people are saying, oh, Indiana, we didn't see that coming. If you listen to Wide Men Can't Jump, you did because I called it. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Boston, um, you mentioned Kimba Walker. Let's just go ahead and get into it. Kimba Walker has come over, and he's been a difference maker for this squad. 21 points per game, uh, almost five rebounds a game, five assists, some steals. He's shooting 38, almost 39% from three, 40% from the floor. I mean, this guy's just doing a little bit of everything, and it's finally – Good to see what Kimba can do with really good players around him. How has he adjusted to being in Boston and playing as well as he has?
3: I think he's adjusted very nicely. Uh, he's still not shooting as well. He's shooting pretty well from three, but he, he's had some struggles in other spots on the floor. Uh, I think that's going to come around at some point. Kind of kind of has to with a player like as good as he is. Uh, but what what he's really doing well is he's he's assimilating well with his teammates. He really is, I think, getting along with everybody. I mean, everybody gets along with Kimball Walker, but he he really has um, fit in nicely and is happy for his teammates' success uh, against the Knicks. He he had a, a bad shooting night, and it was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown that kind of led the comeback and, and combined for 20 points in the fourth quarter. And Kimball was just like, hey, you know, this, this is great. I didn't have to. I didn't have to be the guy to score 20 in the, in the fourth quarter. I'm happy about that. So he's, he's kind of enjoying this kind of being on this kind of team and having some stability here. Uh, He knows who his coach is going to be. He knows the front office. He, he kind of, everything is just set and he can just kind of come in and, and be part of the team. He doesn't have to be the team. And he said time and time again, that he that, That's kind of what he wants. He wants a little bit of a break from being the guy all the time. And so I, I think he's having a, a good time. He might not like the weather as much. Um, he's still – Boston's a tough city to get around if you're not familiar with it. So he's still kind of learning that. But uh, I think everything else is going pretty well for him.
1: Well, he went to college at UConn. I mean, it can't be much different than that. I mean – Granted I'm not up there in the northeast, but I, yeah, I assume it's kinda similar.
3: Well, I mean Boston Boston and in, in, in Stores, Connecticut are, are pretty far away. Stores like in the middle of nowhere. That's um true. but he but he he when you go to Yukon you get a sense of that Boston media vibe. So you kinda know what to expect as far as the media coverage. You kinda understand what the fans are like, uh New England all kind of like jumbles together when it comes to the, the sports teams. So you can be in Connecticut and still be a fan of Boston sports. Uh, so he, he, I'm sure he got a good kind of feeling for what Boston is all about, but living in Boston and, and getting around Boston is a little bit different. So uh, that that's like his last adjustment. Yeah. Okay. I understand. But
1: you talked about Kimba and I want to just go ahead and throw the big question out there. What's the difference, maybe the comparing and the contrasting between Kimba Walker and Kyrie Irving based on so far with Kimba this year and Kyrie last year, as Kyrie was trying to be the guy versus Kimba who's come in, seems to be the team is kind of morale's kind of boosted a little bit.
3: Yeah. Last year was a weird year. Um, I, Kyrie is a different dude. Um, he had, I, I think he he kind of learned a little bit from LeBron and and had like a little bit more of an adversarial. and I don't know if adversarial is the right word, but uh, the way the way he kind of was a leader, like he challenged people a lot. Uh, and Kemba Kemba, I'm sure challenges guys, but like in a more positive way. Like he he wants to pull guys up. Um, whereas Kyrie, I think wanted to like, um, be, you, you wanted guys to fight for it. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, it's, it was different. It's a different style. Um, Kyrie is, has a different attitude. Kemba is a much more positive, you know, always smiling kind of guy. People kind of like being around him all the time. Whereas Kyrie had some notorious kind of dark times where he kind of separated himself from the team a little bit. Uh, and then as far as style of play, I I don't know that. Um, I, they're both kind of ball dominant, but Kemba, like I said, is just very much. Uh, I'll put it this way. Cause I'm, I'm struggling to find the right words. I'll use an example instead. You're fine. There's the famous, there's the famous um, thing from last season in Orlando, where the the scene of Kyrie not getting the ball at the end of the game in Orlando early on last year, where he's saying you were supposed to go to Al. The play was pass to Al Horford. Kyrie runs down from kind of like half court and kind of reads how Al Horford is positioned and kind of comes off of that and catches the ball and shoots the ball went to Jason Tatum and they missed and the, and the Celtics lost. And, and there was a whole big thing because he wanted the ball and he, he thought the ball should have gone to Al Horford and, and whatever. Well, in uh, the comeback against Toronto, Kemba Walker was cooking in the fourth quarter and Jalen Brown takes uh, an ill-advised shot, a quick shot. And the next possession down, there was a foul, and he's at the free throw line, and he looks over to Kemba like my bad, and Kemba Kemba's like you're good man, don't you're good, don't worry about it. And then after the game, Kemba was like, yeah, I told him to just keep playing, like he's he's like that was a good shot, you know, like yeah, I was I was I was on fire, but you know he had a shot, it was open, he took it. Whatever, like, he, well, I, we need him to take shots, so just a very different dynamic. Of Kyrie was like, this was my moment, and you guys got to understand, like, this is my moment. And Kemba's just like, no, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Like, we're we're all part of the team. It's all it's good. Like, that's the best dichotomy I can draw between those two those two players. Uh, but I also have to say that. Last year wasn't just on Kyrie. There were a lot of things that were going wrong, too. Like Tatum and Brown were coming in off of a season, a postseason, where they didn't have Kyrie, they didn't have Hayward, and they got to basically a quarter away from the NBA Finals. Um, They had a summer where Tatum had worked out with Kobe and Jalen had worked out with T-Mac, and they were both feeling themselves a little bit. Uh, Terry Rozier was a problem in that locker room last year. They had a lot of guys, a lot of equal talent that probably after Kyrie guys, two through nine kind of all felt like they were equally talented and they could all, they should all vie for the ball. So it was, you know, Marcus Morris was in that and he had to get his shots and his touches and all of that. It's a different dynamic this year. The, the younger guys Tatum and Brown have grown. They've learned from that experience Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Brad Stevens has learned from that experience. Marcus Martin has learned from that experience. Um, The team is constructed differently, and yes, Kemba is much different than Kyrie and much more positive, that is for sure. But a lot of other things have gone the Celtics way to change that dynamic from last year. So while a good chunk of it is because Kyrie is gone, uh, but not 100% of it.
0: Well,
1: now, I'm glad you took the time to, to really break that down because normally you, you just see it and it's like, ah, well, you know, Kim is just a better teammate. I'm glad you looked at it though. And, and really explained the differences. Cause there's a lot going on and was going on in Boston there, but it seems like it's uh, the grass has been greener on the other side, especially for Jalen Brown. He's having a great year so far, 19 points per game, seven rebounds. All of his numbers seem to be way up shooting, uh, pretty well from the field, about 50% almost from the floor. Jalen Brown, he, he's not quite at 20 points per game yet. He's pretty close. Um, what does the Celtics expect out of him more of the same, or do you think maybe they want him to take even a further step and continue contributing, uh, maybe even a little more than what he has been because it seems like he has really great games, but then maybe he'll have a game where he's not as great.
3: Yeah. I mean, he, he's still struggling sometimes. Um, i I think there's there are parts of um, his game where he he can kind of kind of get in his own head sometimes. I think he struggles um from time to time and, and I don't know if it's a loss of confidence or maybe he just lets certain things kind of bother him i I don't know exactly what it is. I know that after the game in in Sacramento, where they lost uh at the buzzer basically. Uh, he talked about the need to be like more mentally sound. And I think he was talking about himself. He's talking about everybody, but I'm sure he was, some of it was geared towards himself as well. Uh, But he's played very, very well um, this year. He's added elements to his game that I didn't expect him to, to be able to add. I I think he's been very good at attacking uh, a bunch of different ways Offensively, being aggressive, um, integrating like some some post play, uh, really uh, also uh, a better a better more more improved uh, handle. Uh, he he's getting into the lane and he's able to like make passes and, and understand where the open man is. A lot of things that he hasn't been able to do in past years. Now this is his fourth year, and and it stands to reason that he would have some some growth, and I think the Celtics are banking on more of that growth. I mean, they just gave him a $100 million extension. So I think they they expect him to continue to work and grow and and be a player that they can lean on for the next four years beyond this year. Uh, I, I'm very impressed with what he's done. His free throws have improved uh, dramatically. That's one of the weakest points of, of his game in the past. And and he does all of this while defending very well. So uh, he's he's grown into a, a very good two way player, and and I would expect to have some more steady growth. It's not going to be a, a twenty point game every night, but he's going to have nights where he carries the team. And he had eleven fourth quarter points against the Knicks, and that's that's important. And it's important that he understands that he has that within him and that the Celtics are gonna need from time to time that that kind of explosion from him.
1: Yeah, and it seems like the Celtics just have so many guys that can beat you uh night in and night out. Another one of those guys is Gordon Hayward and um I just saw his birthday and I just realized I'm thirteen days older than him. So man, let me reflect <laughs> on what I'm doing with my life. No, I'm kidding. But uh Hayward uh, Hayward's another guy. 39 points for against Cleveland. Granted, that's Cleveland, uh, then Charlotte, 20 and 10. But then the Spurs, 9.2 rebounds. He's just kind of sporadic. Maybe it's him trying to still possibly recover from that injury. But, well, I mean, he's having next. a good – yeah, that's true. He did. So, uh, he again, it's one hand. of he those – He broke his hand
3: in the first half of that game. Uh, any word on how long he's out? Um, he's, he's been out for three weeks, but he's progressing well. And they, um, I would expect him back maybe in another week or so, but it was non-shooting hand and he, um, he's, he's able to stay in shape. He can do the running. He's shooting. Um, he's just doing non-contact drills, but he can go out there and catch the ball and, and shoot. Like I said, it's his non-shooting hand, so he can do basically everything else. He can do leg work and you know get in get in the weight room and do stuff like that, um, so he'll he'll be back soon. But but yeah, I, he's he's been playing very well. Um, I think that there there are some games where he kind of like takes a back seat, but mm-hmm. he, before the, the the broken hand, he was really starting to show exactly like the all star level Gordon Hayward that that he has been in the past. So. I think he's going to come back and, and, and really slide back into uh, a, a pretty important role for the Celtics.
1: Yeah. And I apologize for not doing my research better. I just missed the date there. And I had heard the, I apologize for bringing up uh, Hayward yeah, like fine. that. And I'm just sorry. It's been a long month. <laughs> and I apologize to people listening and I apologize to the people listening for me missing that. I, I am sorry. All right, Jason Tatum, this is a man that's not hurt right now because he is playing some fantastic basketball. 30 points, six rebounds, seven assists against the Knicks. Brooklyn, he does 26-9. and Is it safe to say this is going to be Jason Tatum's team here sooner rather than later
3: in Boston? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the goal. Ultimately, he'll be the the number one scoring option. He still has work to do in regards to that, and and luckily for him, It's it's not um, they're not relying on him to be the only guy, because obviously we just talked about Jalen Brown. I think Gordon Hayward can come back and be that guy sometimes. And obviously, Kemba Walker can be that guy. He's been that guy in the past. But uh, Tatum still has like a few more things that he can that he needs to figure out. The way I've compared him is uh, you're a Star Wars guy. Oh, God! yeah! I mean, if you're not, geez, what's yeah. wrong, right, okay, I mean I just want to make sure, so Empire Strikes back, Luke Skywalker yeah. training with Yoda in the swamp, like uh, that yeah. Is, Dagobah. yeah, right. That is how I see Jason Tatum right now. You obviously see that he's he's got the potential to be great, and he can do some things that are great, but He's still trying to figure out how to use his powers. And some days it doesn't look so good. And some days it looks awesome. Um, I think that we can see ultimately that he will he can become the real like Luke Skywalker Jedi Master and be a, a guy that hits step back threes and then drives the lane and then drives and kicks. And we've seen these flashes of all of that so far this season Um, I think New York was his most complete game where I mean he he scored 30 points he had seven assists uh, he was he was driving and finishing at the rim he had some problems finishing at the rim earlier this year Uh, he it's the first sign of him putting a lot of that together Um, and this is his third year and and the shot selection has has changed, so his shot profile looks a lot better than it has in the past. He's cut down on some of the mid-range shots that have been very inefficient for him, uh, and he's he's really showing uh, that he can be a, a, a number one option in the future. Like I, I don't think they need him to to carry that load just yet, but he he can still be a number one option some games this year and and maybe on a more consistent basis as the year goes on. And on top of it all, he's been a pretty good defender. So he uses his length well, and you know he switches, he understands the concepts. So he, he really has uh, a very special ability.
1: I'm going to need anybody out there that's really good at Photoshop or doing video, I'm going to need <laughs> the scene from Empire Strikes Back with Jason Tatum's face on Luke Skywalker, and I'm going to need Danny Ainge as Yoda on his back. If we could make this happen, <laughs> free T-shirt to you. Just going to throw that there out you there. you go. Because I need That's that awesome. in my life yesterday. <laughs>
2: I want <laughs> to see be, that
1: for sure. Oh, if if we get it, I got some talented people that listen to this podcast. So If they do it, free T-shirt right. to you if you do it. So uh, let's make it happen. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Celtics uh, in terms of their – maybe some players that are kind of going under the radar. We talk about the the four big names in, you know, Hayward, Brown, Tatum, Walker. Who's some of the other guys on this team that maybe people aren't talking about or not noticing their effort uh, because the casual fan can't watch every single game or doesn't watch every single game? And even us us hardcore fans, we have a hard time on every single game because there's so many great teams that we like to watch. Who's some people we need to be looking out for in Boston, especially these role players?
3: Well, um, I mean, I could throw Marcus Smart into that mix because he's been, uh, he he just got hurt too, but we'll see. Uh, He's been, he's been very, very good for most of the season. I think he's had uh, some nagging injuries and and that's kind of hurt his, um, hurt his production over the last couple of games, but, he's been the typical Marcus smart dogged defender while also shooting uh, his his three point percentage is down to about 33%. But for a while there, it was up, it was up around 35. So if he can get, if he can get that back up, then that that's something that's going to be really important for the Celtics. Uh, Daniel Tice has had a pretty nice run as the Celtics starting center. I know there are a lot of questions about the Celtics center position and And, uh, you know, what are they going to do after losing Al Horford and Aaron Baines? I think Daniel Tice, minus a couple of bad games, which is to be expected. I mean, he's not a superstar player or anything like that. But he's handled that job pretty nicely. Uh, The Celtics, when they're playing their best defense, Daniel Tice is back there kind of patrolling and and blocking shots. Um, He's averaging a block and a half per game. And his uh, block percentage is, is pretty high. It's been amongst the best in the league. So he's uh, he's somebody that I think is, is doing a lot better than people expected. And uh, Brad Wanamaker, over the past five games, I mean, he, I'll put it to you this way. He's he's shooting now 50% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the line. Uh, I don't know if he's got enough attempts to qualify for 50-40-90, but He's, he's come in and been a solid guy in the absence of Gordon Hayward, uh, so he deserves some recognition. And I'll give a shout-out also to Grant Williams, the rookie out of Tennessee, who, while not shooting very well, has still had a positive impact on, on this team. Uh, he's one of the guys that, that continues to make a, a, a positive impact in games. His plus-minus is always pretty high. Um, and he he does the little things like he sets the good picks he, he rebounds he defends uh, he's a smart player he's like uh, Brad Stevens has talked about his smarts uh, over and over again his basketball IQ is is really really high uh, the shooting will come around for him like I said it's bad right now he has he hasn't hit a three pointer yet um, in his his early career but he's um, He's done a lot of good things, a lot of not-in-the-box-score type of things. So, I think those guys definitely deserve some some recognition.
1: Tell him not to worry about making three-pointers. Ben Simmons didn't make one until 173 games into his career, <laughs> so no,
3: no reason what? to panic. He's taking them, though. That's the thing. He continues to take them, and I, I encourage him to take them.
1: Right. Hey. He'll That's make better than eventually. what Simmons can say. Uh,
0: anyway,
1: yeah, <laughs> I pile on Ben Simmons on this show so much. And uh, if you don't like it, well, tough. It's going to keep happening. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's my show. I do what I want. Um, another guy that the Sixers have, but, I mean, they're not going to be using him as much. It's more of a, a project guy. Taco Fall, the man yeah. who kind of stole everyone's heart from Central Florida and the NCAA NCAA last year uh seven foot five so he's big and he doesn't move like uh most seven foot five guys he's, he's a little more agile can move a little bit he doesn't look like he's gonna break when he takes a step um any news on taco falls he's just gonna be more of a g-league guy maybe a guy they put in um at the end of the bench what, what any news on him since he's come up for the uh the Celtics
3: yeah, he's he's on a two-way deal, so he's going he's gonna to spend a lot of time in the G League. They're going to bring him up. They're going to maximize him. They're going to use all 45 of his days. He actually just suffered a bone bruise uh, the other day, so he's, he's going to be out for another week or so. Uh, but he's, he's doing pretty well in the G League. Uh, he's, he's doing exactly what he should be doing. He's blocking shots. He's rebounding. He's putting back misses. Uh, he's being what a super tall guy can be. Uh, I think the Celtics have high hopes for him, and uh, they're they're hoping that they, they can see some development in the G League, uh, the fundamentals, like understanding defensive concepts, and can he rotate, can he slide, can he kind of do some of these things athletically that will allow him to play at an NBA level when he has to occasionally switch over and pick up a guard like what happens when luka Doncic, you know drives off of a pick and roll and and you've got fall there kind of looking him in the face like how is he going to react to that moment um that that's the basketball side of things he, you know he started basketball pretty late in his life and it's hard to like learn how to be a, a huge guy like that and play basketball um so he's, I think he's making some, some good progress. Um, the Celtics coaches that I've talked to, they they like him. They think that he's got the potential to to be something in the NBA. Who knows how long it's going to take, uh, and he still has a ways to go, but they, they like him, and, and he's, I think, eventually going to be probably a, a decent kind of backup. And I think once the Celtics – you know are fully healthy they'll they'll have some time to you know the, he'll he'll kind of come up from time to time and, and and get some minutes here and there and uh yeah i i i think he's he's doing well and it's going to be fun to see how he progresses
1: a bone bruise to taco fall that's got to be like a giraffe with a sore throat that's just got to hurt exactly uh, to be that to <laughs> be that big and then have a bone bruise that's just rough well one that's last tough, thing yeah. Yeah, for sure. One last thing, John, and I'll let you go. And, of course, I always appreciate all the time you give us here on the show. It's great having you back on, and I know we'll have you on again. But uh, I want to look at the Celtics here and maybe maybe kind of do a little bit of a prediction here in a way. Um, mm-hmm. Right now they're setting forth again. So uh, we'll just say if the playoffs started today, and I know everyone, we're – what 19 20 games into the season so don't go crazy on me out there on twitter um let's just say they end up matching up with you know miami toronto milwaukee philly one of those squads Mm
0: -hmm.
7: do you
1: think they have what it takes this boston celtics team right now and they'll get hayward back healthy barring any injuries do they have what it takes to make a run at an nba finals on this squad or do you think they need another year of Kimba in there in Brad Stevens' system, or do you think that they could possibly make a run this season?
3: Well they if they could. I, I don't think I, I I wouldn't put the odds at of that being very great. I can but I can see them getting to the conference finals. Uh they are I think pretty evenly matched with Toronto. I think they're maybe a a a bit better than Miami, although we're going to see uh, how that goes because the Celtics play Miami next in Boston. Uh, Philly is an interesting uh, an interesting team because Philly's top-end talent, you can say, well, Joel Embiid's better than anybody the Celtics have. Uh, ben Simmons, you, you might make an argument to that uh, effect. But the, the construction of that team is just so unique, let's say, that they could either turn it on and make a run to the finals themselves, or it could, it could bite them in the ass and they can have a disappointing playoff early exit. Um, and I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure where, where I land on them. They, they still have no real shooting to speak of, but when Embiid is going, uh, it might not matter. And so can the Celtics beat the Sixers? I think they can, but, I don't know. It kind of depends on on which matchup they hit first and, and how healthy they can be. The the thing with the Celtics is they are they need all four of their big players, their core players, to to be healthy and play well. They need Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and Walker. They can't. I don't think they can make a deep run if any one of those guys is out. Um, and then from there, Marcus Smart is a key piece to the entire puzzle and I think their, their closing lineup could be Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward, and basically go no center and dare you to try to post one of those guys up. And if you want to go to a post-up and, and just have, have your offense stall with just waiting for one guy to go back to the basket, then go for it. On the other end, who's that guy going to guard? If, so if they play the Sixers – And they go with that lineup. Who does Embiid guard, and what does he do out in the perimeter, and and how do you stop that team? So it'll be it'll be an interesting kind of you know uh, irresistible force versus immovable object in that scenario. So the Celtics Ah, are constructed. There you go. They 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 have they have what it takes. In some regards, they obviously they have weaknesses, but they when they put it together, they present some unique challenges uh, to go along with their own weaknesses. So it, they 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 could get they they could get to the conference finals, um, and then I don't know. I'm assuming Milwaukee is going to be the, the team that gets out of the East. They're just so good. Giannis is so good. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and legitimately say that. The Celtics are going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in a series, but they. Who knows? Who knows? By the by, the time that that comes around, things could be different. So, but we'll see.
1: I do like the wrestling reference there. That was nice.
3: Yeah, I'm you know happy to drop references. I got Star Wars. I got re- wrestling. I got everything for you, man.
1: Hey, you get, you start talking wrestling on here. You better look out.
3: Uh, wrestling, <laughs>
1: wrestling is wrestling is the uh, the love. Of my life i love the nba but wrestling wrestling is my other one that's my other passion
2: all right well we'll have to talk about that someday
3: i remember <laughs> i remember going to the providence civic center to watch bob backland wrestle so
1: oh my goodness i met bob backland a few years ago and that man is in better shape now than he was then he's incredible yeah
3: i I'm sure. I'm sure. He's a maniac.
1: I just, uh, oh, over the weekend, over this past weekend, and I don't care if our listeners hear this, they know I was recently at a Wrestlecade this past weekend in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Um, mm. they had a, they had a, a meet and greet signing and a wrestling with the great Muda. So as a huge great Muda fan, I was just so happy don't know if you caught much of him up in the northeast. He was more down south, but uh, yeah,
3: yeah no. It was
1: good, and I did, I did get to meet the Iron Sheik, so I was pretty happy about that too.
3: That's but, awesome. Oh so, uh, yeah, awesome. Sheik, and,
1: Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter. It was good times. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it, it amazes me how many people that have been on this show because it's insane how many people and how many basketball guys love pro wrestling. I've had so many guests on here mm-hmm. and. Just casually mention it, like, or, or they'll make a little reference like you did. And I'm like, oh, dude, I love wrestling, too. And then it's on. It's all about wrestling. We're talking wrestling. There you here, go. There. <laughs> so it's like it's like there, there's a correlation here. I have tapped into a market that no one knew was there. <laughs> you got to do but a
3: basketball and wrestling podcast.
1: I kind of do already with this, because we talk wrestling sometimes out of the blue for no reason. But anyway... <laughs> John, I appreciate you jumping on the show and talking basketball and a little bit of wrestling with us, you know. Maybe you'll be sure, you man. ever get go to the Boston Garden, you know, those were good days. But uh let our listeners oh, yeah. know where they can keep up with you and hear nothing but Celtics and absolutely no wrestling uh <laughs> That's right. on your various shows and Twitters can, and things like that.
3: You can follow me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John. Reds Army underscore John. Uh, and you can read my stuff at masslive. dot com. You can go to masslive. dot com slash celtics for a more direct uh, path to to my work. And of course, you can listen to me on the Locked On Celtics podcast Monday through Friday, and on Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast.
1: And coming soon, John and I will be hosting the Locked On WWWF podcast, where we look back at God. the careers of, of Captain Lou Albano.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. There we go. Man, I I one of these days, one of these days. Hey.
1: I always wanted to get in the
3: ring. I always want to get in the ring.
1: John, I've been in the ring. I did a battle royal one time. Let me tell you, you don't want to get in the ring. (laughs) (laughs) It
0: hurts.
3: (laughs) I'm sure it does. You know, it's it's not fake. It's just orchestrated. Those guys are really hitting each other. Anybody
1: that ever tells me, oh, well, that ring's like a trampoline. Mm. Because having been in one and fallen in them. And let me tell you this. You know what hurt me more than actually falling in the ring? What hurts the worst is hitting the ropes. Because the ropes, a lot of them, especially in in independent pro wrestling, um, the Northeast, they use real rope. But the ropes down um, in most indies is cable. And when you hit the ropes, if you're, I'm six foot five, I hit the ropes and my side hits it and you have to put your right arm out in case the rope breaks. Cause if you don't, if you ever notice that wrestlers run the ropes and they hit the ropes and they stick their right yeah. arm out just to hold on in case the rope breaks, because if it does, you'll yeah. go over the top rope and you'll land on your feet. And if people don't believe that I saw it happen, it's true. But Ugh. It'll bruise your ribs if you're not careful because that happened to me in that battle royal I was in. I go over the top rope, but I didn't go high enough, so I bruised my ribs on the rope. uh So yeah, Ugh. that was my my one adventure into a pro wrestling ring. It was a blast, and I loved every second of it. But uh I'll stick <laughs> to doing I'll stick to doing commentary like I like I do. So all right, well, That's <laughs> anytime you want to talk. Just hit me up. I'm always available for that. But thanks again for coming on and talking basketball with us. Enjoyed it. And I hope to have you back real soon. We'll talk some more Celtics and some more pro wrestling, as they say.
3: You got it, man.
1: All right. Thanks again, bud. that was my conversation with John Corellis from MassLive.com. Appreciate him coming on and giving us so much Celtics breakdown and insight. Want to give you guys a quick little update. The Houston Rockets have announced they will formally file a protest uh, against the James Harden dunk miss. So who knows what's going to happen if this protest is upheld. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, Tim, we lost him. He's been eaten by a polar bear. Yes, so he'll be back though next week of course thanks guys for listening in as always we appreciate you appreciate our guests this week john carellis and alphonse sydney and appreciate you sticking around through all the shenanigans the technical issues and hopefully i'll have this resolved next week and everything will be good to go uh you can find us on itunes podcast static stitcher google play fm flash iHeartRadio, radio and anywhere you find podcasts i still got to get us on spotify guys finals week is next week so uh Soon as I'm done with finals, I'll get to work on some other stuff with Wide Men Can't Jump for sure. Appreciate you guys listening in as always. You can download our shows and anywhere you want. WideMenCanJump.com is there. Check us out there. Patreon shows have been up. Go check those out. Some good Patreon stuff coming soon that I can't talk about yet, but it's coming. I promise. Not going to want to miss it. Thanks for Tim and Tr. And we'll be back. Um, we'll be back next week for sure. Be on the lookout. Who knows? We might do a pick show this weekend. Depending on what's going on thanks again for listening everybody have a good night it's nate see you. thanks for listening to this broadcast on the wide men radio network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump you can check us out on patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our patreon members you can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeart Radio, and more. Just search "Wide Men Can't Jump." Thanks to our sponsors: the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfund.com, Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC located at facebook.com/slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC, and Stay Classy meets... Well, you can check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Follow us on Twitter at WideJump and be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Wide Men Radio Network.